You're listening to Story City Church in Granada Hills, California. We exist to glorify God by leading communities into healthy relationships with Jesus and with others. And here is this week's message. This time we're going to go into the scripture reading uh, right before we go into the message. So if you can stand with me as we read the scripture today. It's not a long one, which is nice. You won't stand for too long. We stand because we just believe in honoring God's word. It's essential. It's the centerpiece of our time together. Um, And after I finish reading, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord, and I will invite you to respond. Thanks be to God. We are in Psalm 1, 1 through 3. It reads, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Samir. I'm going to try to not knock everything off this table. Um, Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Happy mid-September to those of you who celebrate. Um, It's my birthday this weekend, so it's my favorite time of year. I'm in my uh, Jackie Robinson years, I like to call it, for those of you who know jersey numbers. Now you know how old I am. Um, And if I I ever get to the Gretzky year, uh, God will have been very good to me. So um, anyway... It's, uh, speaking of birthdays though, how, happy early birthday to all of you next week. Uh, how amazing it is that we have almost made it a year here um, and how just, um, man, when I just sit and dwell on it, it's, it's, it's amazing to see what God has done here um, in our family together. And uh, for those of you who have been along for the ride the whole time, I know you can share that sentiment. And for those of you who are new here with us, uh, man, I'm just glad you're here and I hope you stick around. Um, so yeah, I've already kind of buried the lead a little bit in my, in my notes, this, this happens from time to time, but September is a month of varied uh, anniversaries and occasions in my house, and some are happier than others, some are, some are a little sad, I'm going to steer away, away from those uh, today, but uh, one of, another happy anniversary that I actually, ce- we celebrate in our house is uh, about a week or two ago, marked 15 years that uh, I proposed to my wife, Allison, and uh, Thank God she said yes. So um, that has put my life on much better trajectory if that had gone a different direction. So, um, but I bring that up, uh, one, uh, not just because I wanna talk about September some more, but uh, I would like to share with you um, the story of how I asked her parents' permission to marry me because it was, uh, and, and I mean, I'm a bit of a romantic, but this is, a, I feel like this is a unique story. So I just wanna share it with you guys. So um, Allison and I had been dating for a while, um, and while I had not popped the question yet, I was certain that I wanted to, and I was confident of what her answer would be. So single men, just one piece of advice uh, that I can give you uh, that was given to me, don't ask any questions you don't already know the answer to. Um, it'll save you, just say, just free, that's, that's free. That's not one of the points or the observations you can, uh, just take that home with you. Um, anyway, it worked out for me, I'm just saying. So um, anyway. Uh, there was only one thing left for me to do, which was to get her mom and dad's blessing. Um, 
So I go over to their house. Um, Allison's away at school, so she doesn't know I'm doing this. And so I'm sitting at the dinner table uh, long ways, you know, like, uh, uh, from, uh, like it was out of a movie, which would have been apropos for me, I guess. Uh, me sitting at one end and her parents sitting on the other end of the table. And, um, and I need to point out that um, I was serving in our local church at that point in our youth ministry uh, with her mother. So like her mom and I had known each other for years. We've been on mission trips together. We have, you know, tried to wrangle the same crazy teenagers together. You know, we had been in it together. Her father and I didn't know each other very well. I'll just say like we had not spent a lot of time together. Um, he was a quiet yet intimidating man. Every, every father of a daughter who's to be married should be. I mean, now that I know that as a father, um, but I wasn't a father then, so I was just intimidated. So um, anyway, so I'm sitting there at the table and I'm talking and I'm uh, pleading my case, uh, so to speak, and sharing my feelings and my intentions and stuff. And I can read both of their faces at the same time. And, you know, and so like my, my Allison's mother, she's, She's looking and she, you know, she's nodding and I can see everything I'm saying is coming in. She looks like I'm not surprised this conversation is happening um, because I know you. And then I just look, glance over at her dad and it's just, I mean, poker face to, to the extreme. Um, so eventually uh, I'm, I get done and, you know, I make, and, and I, make the, I ask the question, you know, I ask if I can have their blessing. And I sat back and I just waited for any clue at all as to whether or not, you know, this was going to be my future father-in-law or uh, fans of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air if I was going to get the jazz treatment and just thrown out of the house. Um, I was not prepared for what was going to happen next. Uh, so without a word, in total silence... Uh, Allison's dad stood up, walked away from the table, and walked out of the house. <laughs> um, we've almost been married for 15 years, and that memory still like sticks with me. I just want you to know like how uh, how much of an impression that left on me. Um, I was somewhere along the spectrum between puzzled and panicked. Uh, at that point, and I just like glanced back over at her mom, who had not moved out of her seat, and she just gave me this sort of like. For those of you who haven't really lived in the South, this sort of just Southern mama kind of like, it'll be fine kind of thing. And I'm like, is it though? Like, because this is his house and he walked out of it. Um, you know, are you sure about that? You know, um, now I've come to learn in the years since. Um, so, so first of all, just, he said, yes, he, he came back in. He, 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 he talked to me and stuff. And I learned something very important about him, a very valuable lesson about my father-in-law's personality that day. Uh, when it comes to matters of major importance, and honestly with him, sometimes minor importance, but just is how he communicates. He steps back. He takes time to really process information before responding. Um, so this wasn't personal. He just, he just was counting the cost of the situation um, so before he wanted to come back and respond. And um, here he was able to navigate a major event in his life and the life of his family because he had taken time to listen, to wrestle over and deliberate over what had been spoken at the table. Um, he meditated over those words in order to properly guide his steps. And so um, we can't afford to trust the understanding of the most important things in life with rushes to judgment or without careful consideration. And that brings us to today's big idea for this message which is God's design for our life is revealed in meditation on him. Um, 
So <clears throat> meditation, that word, it's, it's, it's kind of a loaded term now, you know, in, in our culture. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas on what that means and what that looks like in our world. Uh, you know, what is meditation or how do you do it properly or how often do you do it? Or why do we meditate in the first place? What, you know, why is it important? All these kinds of things. But um, some of the more commonly, some of these more commonly thought of, thought of ideas of meditating on things, things that are self-focused or apart from God, uh, do not bring us to our purpose or provide us clarity with who we're meant to be as human beings created in the image of God. To be fully equipped for depth in Christ, and we have to be knowing and understanding who God is and what he expects from us in order to know him and what the act of pursuing him promises for us in the end. So if we're going to understand the purpose for our lives, we have to understand who designs that purpose. We can't expect to have a solid grasp on the direction that God has for our lives if we aren't seeking out God for that direction. And if knowing our purpose, our understanding for the design for our lives that come from God, understanding that purpose by understanding him is not a quick and easily digestible experience. It's a lifelong pursuit that is developed with conscious, intentional decisions to pursue knowing God, his character, and his commandments. So we're just going to jump right into our first observation today, and that is that the object of our meditation is the character and instruction of the Lord. Uh, we cannot simply be meditating our thoughts and energies toward just anything and expect to be awakened to our true purpose. We are carefully created and designed by God and so that he, in his ways, have to be the object of our meditations, if he's the source of our creation and the source of our purpose. So uh, I want to revisit Psalm 1 that Samir um, so wonderfully shared with us earlier. Um, in Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Understanding God's design for our life will not be a fruitful endeavor for us if our roots are not, excuse me, if our roots are connected to wicked sources. Who or what is pouring into your mind and your soul throughout the week? What voices are you letting in? Do we allow for space to dwell on the Lord and his character and his instructions? Or are we giving more space to the counsel of the wicked or the mockers? Um, it's very easy to allow the voice of the wicked um, to, to, pour, to pour into your life because it's everywhere around you. You do not have to look far for that. Um, we live in a wicked world, so it's inhabited by wicked voices who seek to, um, to turn more people to, to broken ways. And so it's, it's a real intentional and um, act of, of wrestling, not, not in the wrestling that I talk about liking all the time, real, actual uh, wrestling. You know, it's um, to embrace and pursue the voice of God in our life and allow that to be our source of pouring into who we are. Um, in verse three, so where the psalmist says that the man who meditates on the Lord's instruction day and night, that he, sa he says that that man is like a tree planted beside flowing streams. 
Um, that's a great picture because in lands that were not home to a lot of rain, like we live in, um, today notwithstanding, sorry. Um, but in order for vegetation to thrive, um, trees would need to be planted close enough to somewhere like a stream or a river so that the roots could have a steady water source. Um, so the person who focuses their meditation on God's word isn't someone who's going to dry out and wait for the next you know, spiritual rainstorm. Um, they're attaching, they've attached themselves to a free-flowing, never-ending, steady supply of nourishment. They won't ever be fully empty or dried up, and they will also bear much fruit. Also, this isn't the last time we're going to see this phrase today, but pay attention to the fact that the psalmist uh, mentions meditating on the Lord's instruction day and night. Uh, by the way, when I say the Lord's instruction, I'm probably going to be using, uh, interchanging a lot of phrases at some point. I'll be, I'll be saying God's word or God's law um, as it's phrased differently in different contexts of scripture, but I'm talking about the same thing every time I mention that, just so you know. Uh, so yes, the word of God is to be meditated upon day and night. And I'm not saying that um, hyper literally, but we are being given an idea that this is focus and meditation on God's word. It's, it's um, sorry, my worldview is food-based. It's, it's not like a hot pocket. Um, you, you don't just throw your meditation on God's word into the microwave for two minutes and then expect to be good, you know? Um, if anything, and I don't want to take this analogy, over-spiritualize it too far, but it will be probably really hot on the outside and cold in the middle, you know? Um, I didn't write that again. That one's for free too. Uh, you can keep that. Um, uh, sorry, podcast listeners. Hope you uh, don't skip ahead 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, no, but to keep that really in tune, meditating on God's word is more of a marinade than a microwave. It's, it's, um, it's something we have to dedicate enough time, energy, and focus to God's word to be saturated by it. It has to be in and through all of us. Like we need to allow that time and that concentration to do that. Um, to develop a habit or a personal culture of, of letting God's word flow through us as if it were a tree planted by the river of God's character and word. Um, we're not waiting on an occasional rainfall from God. We need to be tapped into the source. And if we're connected to the right source, that being God and his word, we, we are best prepared to be nourished, to be fruitful, to be prosperous, to be equipped for depth and restoration in Christ. But meditating on God's word is not just sitting back and receiving. And so that, that makes me, uh, brings me to our second observation today that meditation is not a passive practice. Um, so this is probably the biggest divergence for me that I've experienced in growing up with other ideas of how medita meditating on something works. Um, this idea that you have to have this sort of total clearing of your mind. And, and yes, you know, you don't want to be clouded with distractions when you're trying to focus on God and his word. Um, but the act of meditating on God's word requires more than just passivity. Uh, there is conscious, intentional work happening here. Um, I want to uh, take you guys to the book of Joshua, uh, verse 1. So if you have a Bible with you, you can go ahead and start, uh, chapter 1, sorry. You can start looking there. I'll, I'll get there in a second. I'll catch up with you. Um, so I'm going to be reading Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Um, before we do that, though, a little background. So Moses, um, you may have heard of him. Um, he's pretty famous in the Bible. Um, he'd been leading the children of Israel since they left Egypt. And uh, their ultimate destination on their journey was the promised land, uh, a land that God was giving them to be a home for their people. 
And as soon as they're approaching the land, though, Moses passes away, and the leadership transitions to Joshua. Um, we're picking up, we pick up here as Joshua is taking command of leading the children of Israel. So this is Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Um, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites, and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their ancestors to give them as an inheritance. Above all, Be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua was commanded to be strong and courageous, and some of you may have heard that uh, verse a lot. Maybe it's on your coffee mug or you've seen it on a bumper sticker or something. It's quoted a lot. It's a good verse. I like it. Um, But God is attaching strength and courage as necessary qualities to successfully and carefully follow God's word. To meditate on God's word, you need to be strong. And you need to have courage. Any endeavor that requires that we be strong and courageous does not sound like a passive activity to me. And again, as we mentioned before, in order to rightly meditate on God's words and instructions, we see that phrase again, meditate on it day and night. Saving all of your time to meditate on God's word for Sunday morning, if this is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God, is all the meditating of God's word you get, you're not going to get far. It's important that we do what we do here, but we cannot do everything. Um, One time, one of my kids, he was on a, 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 uh, he had a track coach who was a really great motivator and uh, really grew to respect his perspective on training and competition. He was a he was responsible for a younger group of kids, you know, so he wasn't being like hyper competitive with them or uh, pushing them to a crazy level, but he did instill a really good discipline for them. Um, they usually had like three to four practices a week and then a track meet on Saturday morning, um, which would always go into Saturday evening. But and again, I'm just, that's track meets for you if you're not a track parent. It's talk about being strong and courageous. Okay, so um, nevertheless, Sorry, um, I, I, I don't, because I don't want you guys to miss this point. So I'm sorry I'm being a little jokey. Um, but he used to say this to the kids. He would say, don't get caught up being focused on the track meet or on the race. The race is just an outcome. It's a celebration. It's a reward of the work that you've been putting in all week. It's our practice times where we put in the work, where we refine our skills, where we improve, where we learn how to get better, where we grow. Saturday is just the result of what you've been putting in all week. And it's probably not that hard to figure out where I'm going with this. Meditating on God and his word is a Monday through Saturday endeavor. 
Sunday is the place where we come together to pour out what we've been pouring into all week long. So today is the outcome. Today is the celebration of all we should be meditating on throughout the week. So if we want to find success in what God has intended for us, if we want to experience true godly prosperity in our lives, we must take an active role in meditating on God's word and spend time with it more than just in our worship gatherings. But also in our worship gatherings, just... It's not one or the other. It's, it's everything. Uh, when we actively wrestle and meditate on God's word and don't settle for only a passive approach, we discover who we are and what our purpose is. We discover who we really are because the word of God will reveal not only the character of God, but who we are and what our character is in light of who God is. Uh, Hebrews 4, chapter, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. I had a lot of numbers this week, sorry. Says this of the word of God. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. When we're really engaging with the word of God, we're allowing ourselves to be seen by God for who we really are. We're willingly removing the masks and disguises we carry, maybe even some of the ones we don't even know we're carrying. And when we don't have those barriers up, we can live exposed before God. When we can do that, we're a step closer to that intimacy that Pastor Samir was preaching about a couple of weeks ago that we were made for, that we were intended for. God is writing and telling his story with humanity where he is ultimately restoring us to the ways we were always intended to be available for a fully free intimacy and restful dependence upon him for all that we need or could ever want. So developing that practice of meditating on the word of God and on his instruction and character will ultimately transform our hearts to a place where we can routinely find delight in knowing who God is and who we are in his family as a result of who God is. And finding delight in the Lord is an action that yields some wonderful, wonderful fruit. Observation number three today. Delight in the Lord is the way to a truly prosperous life. When we were reading in Psalms and then again in Joshua, um, because of their time and what had not yet occurred uh, throughout history yet, their commands were to meditate on God's law. Uh, that was what they had been given in order to guide them. It was a standard of perfection sent by God, a standard they could never truly fulfill under their own strength. And yet, the children of Israel would be trying to abide by this standard only to find that they couldn't because it was beyond what they were capable of on their own. But now, we're able to experience things differently. Because God sent another standard of perfection, his own son, Jesus Christ, to be a fulfillment of the law. He did what none of us could ever do, and he lived by that standard of perfection so that he could be that perfection for us. We can now throw ourselves on the mercy of Jesus because he did what we couldn't do. And he died on the cross. As he died on the cross for our failures, we can now experience the forgiveness of our sins and our failures to, and our failures to keep God's standard. 
And that realization is a cause for delight. I can think of no better reason to take joy in any reality other than the fact that God has a design and an intention for my life that is still possible to obtain because of the work of Jesus Christ. It is possible to know God. It's possible to live a fruitful and prosperous life. But to truly understand that and appreciate it, I have to dwell on it. I have to spend time with that. I have to meditate over that. Um, David wrote in Psalm 37, Psalm 37, 4, he says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Now I'm going to pump the brakes here for a second um, to talk about the word prosperity and our heart's desires. Uh, I absolutely want to be totally clear with you and fully understood before you standing here today. When the scripture says things like this, about God giving you the desires of your heart. Look at this verse in its totality. It comes after taking delight in the Lord. And this is not a transactional relationship with God. This is not, um, our relationship with God is not, do these things and then I'll give you whatever you want. You know, God's not a vending machine. Uh, When we choose to place our faith in Christ and choose to dwell and meditate on God's word, God will begin to transform us. And when he transforms our hearts, he transforms the desires of our hearts. And when our desires line up with God's desires, for sure, we have a good father in heaven that will want to give us the desires of our heart. There's a false teaching, and I want to make sure I'm absolutely clear here. It's not a bad teaching. It's a false teaching. It's wrong in this world that says if you have enough faith, if you say the right prayers, do enough things, give enough money to the right preachers, then you're entitled from God to a wealthy life, a healthy life, or a stress-free or trouble-free life. That's a lie. It's not, um, it's not a difference of opinion. It is a lie. Um, that is not the prosperity that God's word promises his people in his life, in this life. Are there wealthy people in the world who love Jesus? Yep. Yep, those people exist. Are there healthy people in the world who belong to Jesus? Praise God. Yes, that exists. But people's state in life, economically, health-wise, is not a barometer for how much God loves you. It has nothing to do with how much he loves you, how much you belong to him. Um, And it says nothing for how good of a job you're doing following Jesus. True prosperity is found by finding our delight in the Lord and aligning our heart to intimacy with him as we were intended to be. So let me encourage you, church, if you're ever in a position not here, because praise God for, for the men and women he brings to leadership here at Story City that have a right-minded thinking about this, but if you ever find yourself in a church that's preaching to you otherwise, let me encourage you to take a page out of my father-in-law's book and get up and walk out of the house. It's worth it. Um, The focus of our meditations must be on God and his word. We have to take an active part in how we meditate on his word. And, And it can't just be on special occasions. And then once we have committed to this, we'll find the only prosperity that's true 
God-honoring and, and worth-possessing. A joy that never weathers away, an intimacy with the God of the universe who knows us to our deepest being and invites us to know him in return. We have an opportunity today uh, to spend time together meditating on the work of Christ as we take communion together. This act that we observe every week is an opportunity for remembrance and meditation on the sacrifice of Jesus through the breaking of his body and the pouring of his blood. And after I pray today and we partake in, in, in communion, uh, I just want us to meditate on the words of Jesus as he shared this practice with his disciples. In Matthew 26, verses 26 through 30, um, the story, story is told that as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And after singing a hymn, they went on to the Mount of Olives. So we're gonna pray, we're gonna take communion, we're gonna sing a hymn, and we're gonna go and be the church. So come pray with me. Lord, thank you for being a God who knows us deeper than we know ourselves. Thank you for being a God who invites us to know you in return and who doesn't stay far away, but instead desires to walk alongside us, to go before us, and to transform us into something new. As we partake in communion today, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would take the time to dwell on the sacrifice of Jesus and that you would continue to transform all of our hearts and continue to grow our heart's desires to love our world and our communities and see them with your eyes for us to love like you. As we heard in our call to worship today, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you'd like to join us in person, our services are Sundays at 10 a.m. and we're located at 11011 Havenhurst Avenue in Granada Hills. Find us on Instagram at storycitygh or online at storycitychurch.com. Go and be the church.